everybody. Welcome to our belated Christmas service. Sorry we weren't able to have it last week, but so glad we could join together today. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with singing some Christmas carols. You want to stand with me? Lord, we thank you for this day that we could be together and be in your presence and worship you. I ask you to come and to meet with us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.
sing Angels We Have Heard on High, and the chorus of it is Gloria, Gloria in excelsis Deo, which, if you don't know what that means, that means glory to God in the highest. Angels we have heard on high, Wow. 
Family Life Church here this morning. Glad to have you all here with us this morning. Um, as Pastor John mentioned earlier, um, seeing that we were unable to celebrate Christmas together last week because of the weather, um, this morning's service will be, uh, will be uh, focusing on celebrating Christmas, though a week later than normal, uh, still a wonderful time to be together. Um, we're going to continue uh, in our worship this morning. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward, and they're going to take up um, the offering. Recognizing that uh, the giving of our offering is as much a part of our worship as it is as it is singing. Um, but you guys can go ahead and, and take up the offering. Um, speaking of a beautiful singing, we have a treat for us this morning. We have our very own kids choir that's going to be coming and performing a song for us. So I'm going to invite the, uh, the kids who are in the choir to come forward, um, and uh, they're going to get ready to sing a song for us. Um, as the kids come and set up, I have an announcement that I want to give to you guys. And that is that for the month of January, we're doing a reading challenge as a church. We're reading um, selections from the book of Psalms together. And in the foyer in the back is a table where there are booklets. And you can pick up a booklet um, if you would like to read along with us. Uh, we're going to be reading together for the next 31 days. It's a challenge I encourage every single one of you to take. Um, they're fairly short sections. And we believe that God is going to speak to us through the reading of his word as we do that together. So um, at this time, we have the, uh, the kids' choir is going to come and sing. Um, they have been directed by the uh, lovely Kelsey Schultz, and um, they've been practicing for the last couple of weeks. They have a song called Little Lord Jesus that they're going to sing for us this morning, which is a beautiful, a simple song, but it really focuses us back on what's really important about Christmas, and that, of course, is
For this morning's service, we're going to do something just a little bit different than our norm. This morning, um, I'm going to read through some different portions of the Christmas story. And this is a story I'm sure that uh, you've heard before. I'm sure it's a story that you know well. But I'm going to invite you this morning as I read to listen closely. Maybe even close your eyes if that helps you focus. Listen with your ears and with your heart. And imagine what it would have been like as these uh, events happened. And I invite you to experience the story in a new way. I'm going to begin reading from Luke in chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her, and he said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant, even in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she had conceived a son, and now she's in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house. She greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you have believed that the Lord has come. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, for my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty. He brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. And he has filled the hungry with good things. He sent away the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. 
For he made this promise to to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And then Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months, and she went back to her home.
that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And this was the first census taken while Canarius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral land to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, which is David's ancient town. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth, Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged and was now expecting a, a child. And while they were where, there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news, great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And then suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, armies of heaven, praising God. And they were saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village, and there they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said about the child. And all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds then went back to their flocks, glorifying praising God for all that they had heard and seen, for it was just as the angel had told them.
that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come here to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law, and he asked, Where is this Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. O you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler shall come for you who will be a shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time in which the star had first appeared. And he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. When you find him, come back and tell me so that I may go and worship him too. After this meeting, the wise men went their way. And the star that they had seen in the east, it guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest, and they gave him gifts of gold and frankincense. Time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return.
final reading for this morning is from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life is the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, is coming into the world. He came to the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people. Even they rejected him. But to all who believe him and who accept him, he gave the right to become the children of God. And they are reborn, not a physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human, and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. And from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came to us through Jesus Christ. And no one has seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Amen. A few years ago, uh, I worked at a store. And part of my job at this store involved um, speaking with different sales reps. Um, we would you know, call the store and sell us things. And there was this one lady, her name was Cheryl, and um, I spoke with her, you know, every couple of months uh, over the course of two or three years. So, uh, you know, I kind of got to know her. She was very friendly. Um, and Cheryl had a very distinct voice on the phone. Um, it was kind of low and gravelly and raspy. And I think she must have been Southern maybe because it was a little slower, had touch of a drawl to it. Um, a real sweet lady. And so um, as I you know, got to know her over a couple of years now, every time I would talk to her on the phone, I had this mental picture of what Cheryl looked like because I heard her voice so much. I had this idea of who she was. At one point, um, I, would, I traveled to a dealer convention uh, where several dealers were. Um, and I heard that her company had a booth convention. So I was walking past the booth, um, and I saw this short little white lady standing out in front of the, of the booth. And so I walked up and I said, oh, is, uh, is Cheryl here somewhere? And um, as you probably guessed, that short little white lady was Cheryl. But it, it took me a second. I was like, oh, I'm looking for the other Cheryl. Until she spoke, and as soon as she spoke, I knew who it was. I didn't recognize her at first. She didn't look anything 
what that effect is. Maybe you've, maybe you've had that happen to you before, where you talked to someone on the phone, or you heard them on the radio, or, or something like that several times before you actually saw them. And when you saw them, it wasn't what you were expecting. Or maybe you heard about somebody from someone else, and you got an idea of what this person was like before you met them. If that's ever happened, you probably realize you have to meet someone for yourself before you really know what they are like. Jesus came to earth so that we would know what God was really like. Because we could have heard about him. We could have had a mental picture in our mind what God was like. But Jesus came to earth so we would know what God was like. We heard from John 1 that Jesus, called the Word in that passage, that Jesus was with God in the very beginning, creating things, creating all mankind. We also heard about darkness. It was so dark, in fact, that when God came, the world he created didn't even recognize him. And it's not like there weren't people who didn't know about God. There were God's people, the Jewish people. They knew about him. They heard about him. But they hadn't yet seen the full picture. God revealed himself to his people as all-powerful and holy and all-knowing, and almighty. And that's true. But if that's all you know about God, it's incomplete. If all you know about God is that he's mighty, and holy, and all-knowing, that's incomplete. And maybe even just a little bit terrifying. Because you're only seeing part of who he really is. So Jesus came to earth to show us the full picture of God. As John put it, the word became human, and he made his home with us. And when God appeared in our world, it's not what we were expecting. It's not what we expected. Think about the Jewish people. They knew this God to be mighty and powerful and holy. And so they were rightly expecting a king, leading an army, setting up a kingdom, powerful. That's what they were expecting. They were not expecting a helpless baby in, born to a poor family in a barn. He came in this way to show us, listen, God is loving and God is compassionate and God is willing to meet people right where they are at. He meets us in our need. He meets us in our pain. He meets us in our mess. That's the side of God that Jesus shows us. As we heard earlier from John, God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God, the one, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God. Amen? But Jesus didn't just with a demonstration of God's love, Jesus came with an invitation to God's love. He is a king, but he's not a king who forces obedience, who demands obedience. He simply offers you a choice. And there will be some, as we read, who reject him. Even some of his own will reject him. But others will receive 
John tells us that those who accept Jesus as king are themselves accepted by God as children. Jesus' invitation, it wasn't just for the Jewish people who knew God. Jesus' invitation extends today to you, to me, to every one of us. There is an open invitation to God's love. To accept him as king. So my question that I pose to you is, how will you RSVP to this invitation? How will you respond? Will you receive him? Will you receive him as the king? Not just as a cute baby in a manger surrounded by animals, and we get it out once a year and it adds to our celebration. Will you receive him as the king, as the one in charge, as the Lord of your heart? And the Lord in your life. Before I conclude with a word of prayer, I'm going to invite you to take a moment. Decide for yourself. How do you respond to this story? Do you accept him as the king? Lord Jesus, we love you. And we thank you so much for coming to the earth for us. And we choose now in our hearts to acknowledge you and recognize you as Lord and as King and as our Savior. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your love for us. We love you very much.
Lord, in the midst of everything going on in this season, help us to remember that it's about you and to adore you. We adore you this morning, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Don't forget to grab the Psalms reading plan on your way out this morning. The ushers will have those for you. And have a great New Year. Bless you.